Dearest Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you. For I have been mercifully treated. Lord, I've been that son. I've been the one so often who has chosen the things that you can give rather than relationship with you. How many times, how many times I have demanded blessings but wanted nothing to do with you? How many times have I been more focused about what I can get in this world than who I have in you? Lord, how often I have been like the Israelites, making an idol for myself, putting all of my attention, all of my focus on something other than you. How often I've been like St. Paul, persecuting the church every time that I have been hateful toward one of the people that you love. Lord, how often have I been stubborn like St. Paul, thinking that I was in the right, that my plans have to be correct, and I've needed you to be able to knock me off that horse, to be able to show me the right way. And I thank you for I've been mercifully treated because every single time you've been there, every single time you've pursued me, you've searched for me, you've brought me back. Oh, Lord, how many times have I been like that lost coin and you have swept and searched and found me? How many times have I wandered off like that lost sheep and you have pursued me and brought me home? How many times have I been like Peter denying you, like Judas betraying you, like Thomas doubting you, or like that older brother not being grateful for who I have in you, but being resentful toward the goodness that you show to everyone? You have been so good, so loving, and I thank you. Thank you for never giving up on me. I thank you, dear Lord, for your love, but I ask that I may not just receive your love, but become loving myself, because it's not enough to just be loved. I want to love you in return. I begin with that prayer because it applies to all of us. If it doesn't apply to you, then I'm sorry, but this is not the place for you. If you are not a sinner, you have no point in being here. right? If there's nothing that you have to work on, if there's never been a time that you have related with the characters in Scripture, in those moments that they have turned away from the Lord... If you are that one perfect member of your family and you're the victim, everyone else is the the, the one that's wrong, then you might need to find a different community. Right? Because this is a place where sinners come to encounter a merciful God. Because that's the beauty, right? Is that God looks at us and He sees our sins more clearly than we see them. And yet He sees us as more than just sinners. We might come to Him like that prodigal son, and say, I I don't deserve to be called your son. And he says, but I still call you my son. I still call you my daughter. I still claim you as my own. He sees us as more than our sins, 
But we will never be able to see that if we don't face our sins. If we come here week in and week out and think, you know what? The stuff I'm dealing with, that's minor, right? I mean, please, I'm in church. Most of society is not in church today, so I'm doing all right. Then we're missing the beauty and the drama of salvation that plays out at every Mass. Because at every single Mass we come here and we are that prodigal son. Right? You all did that today. This morning, every single one of you either made the decision or your parents or spouse made it for you that you were going to arise and you were going to come to the Father. That which we said in the psalm response, echoing the words of the prodigal son, that's our experience. We realize we need God. Because we're not doing so great on our own. And the world, the world doesn't give us what we desire. Right? Just like the prodigal son. He longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed. But nobody would give him any. How often has that been the case for us? Where we've looked for some kind of comfort in the world. In maybe having this position, this relationship, this passing pleasure, this possession. And always it failed to satisfy the depths of our being. Maybe we're so consumed with our favorite team and their success and then they win it all and we're so happy. And then it passes. And we realize we want something more. Well, that wanting something more draws us here. But the only way that we're going to get that something more is once we come here, if we give God our hearts as they are. If we're able to face the fact that they're imperfect. There's a lot of sin wrapped up with a lot of goodness there. And the only one who can entangle it all is Jesus. So at Mass, the drama of salvation unfolds because we come here spurred by this desire for something more. And the first thing we do is we take the mask off and we say, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. Right? That's our common ground here. You, me, and every single other person that's ever come into this church has come into this church as a sinner in need of God's forgiveness. But we leave here with the capacity to be so much more. But first, we've got to face our stuff. So I don't know what your stuff is, but I know what mine is. I mean, that prayer, that's just the tip of the iceberg. But we can't. I think sometimes we avoid prayer because all of it is just that. All of it is just, oh, yeah, I messed up and I'm the worst. Sorry, God. Also, thank you for this day. Good night. Instead of letting it be, that's the first movement, but there are so many movements that follow. First, I say, Lord, this is my stuff. These are my fears, my worries, my sins, my bad habits. This is my selfishness. But there's so much more to me. Now that I got that all out of the way, Lord, here are my hopes and my desires. Here, here is what I love. Here is what I'm excited about. This is the beauty of the person that I want to be. And then to be able to reflect less on our own wickedness and more on his goodness. Instead of just saying, oh, I'm the worst. Say, God, you're the best. You're still listening to me. Like, I literally, I literally just yesterday turned from you in this way, in this other way. And you're still here for me. And to let that joy be tremendous. To let that joy be what characterizes our prayer. The only way that we can tap into that joy is if we enter into the full drama of the fact that we have sinned 
We need a Savior. That Savior has saved us. And so we have cause for rejoicing. What was it that he said, Jesus, in all three of these parables? That there is joy in all of heaven. Characterized by that party that we see when the prodigal son returns. You can cause a party in heaven just by repenting. Isn't that crazy? You can cause all of heaven to multiply its joy just by facing your stuff. Giving it to Jesus and saying, I'm willing to work on this. I'm willing by your grace to be converted into the saint that you have made me to be. Because just as I said, something that disqualifies you from being a member of this community is if you're not a sinner. Right? If you are in the Virgin Mary Club and you and her are the only two immaculate people that we're ever going to meet, then sorry, but you've got to find a different church because you're making me feel uncomfortable, sinner that I am. But the other thing that kind of disqualifies us from really living out Christianity is if we're complacent with our sin. If we kind of come here and say, Jesus accepts me even if I'm a jerk. And it's true. He loves you. But you've got to stop being a jerk. Right? Not because it'll change his love, but because he's made you for more than just being a passive recipient of that love. He wants to make you godlike. He, he wants to give you the capacity to be like Christ, to participate in His very goodness. He wants you to be as loving as He is toward you. And that's an incredible thing. But it takes a lot of work. And that work is our cooperation with grace. And it starts by coming to Mass and at Mass giving Jesus our stuff. Being, being willing to be real about where we need to be forgiven where we've been like the Israelites and chosen idols over God. It'll be different things for different uh, people here. And it'll be good things. That's the craziest thing. Is sometimes, yeah, it's an objective grave evil. Sometimes it is just straight up sin that we're choosing. Other times, it's just mistaken priorities. We make an idol out of our family. We are so micromanaging of every little detail there. We're constantly worried and only thinking about these people. We end up resenting them because we think they've stolen our life from us. But we've made an idol of them. We we have put them in the place of God. And what's beautiful is that once we shift our focus to say, before I am a father or a mother, before I am a sister or a brother, before I am a spouse... I am a son or daughter of God, and that is my central identity. That's what I focus on. Then the rest actually starts becoming a little bit more possible. Sometimes we make an idol out of work. Sometimes possessions. Sometimes a hobby. Sometimes even sports. Right? Today, NFL. Right? It's out there, and I'm so excited to watch my Packers win. But the moment that they end up becoming more important for me on a Sunday than this, I'm worse than the Israelites. Right? Because at least they hadn't seen the face of God in Jesus Christ. I have. And so today we look at our idols. We think, what is it that I have placed in the place of God? And how can I give it to Him at this Mass? As the gifts are brought forward, that wine and that bread, with that we give our hearts. We say to Jesus, I offer you this heart. And it's filled with all sorts of stuff. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I give it to you. I examine it under your grace. 
I, I, I try to see where I have given that heart to so many different other things, and I give it to you to purify at this Mass. And just as those gifts are transformed, so your heart can be transformed. You can receive God's mercy and then become merciful yourself. Right? First, it's that relationship with God, making that central, kicking out the idols, receiving God's mercy. But how do we receive it? How do we know that it's taken root? We become merciful ourselves. I admitted before you in that prayer, I'm the older brother far too often. So resentful toward God that he should be so good to people who don't care about him. Right? To people who don't even come to church. Why do they have so many blessings and we have it so hard sometimes? yet he is so good to us. He's shared his very life with us. If we focused more on God than on comparisons, we would be the most joyful of people. The moment that we focus on comparisons, how this person's got it easier than me, that person's got more talents than me, people don't realize I'm right and he's wrong, I'm going to be frustrated in all of that. But if I focus on God and his goodness, I can be overjoyed because... I am with him all the time, and all that he has is mine. All that he has is yours. And that's cause for rejoicing. And so together, turning to that Lord, we rejoice. We give him all of our stuff at this Mass. We give him our hearts as they are. We ask that those hearts be transformed by his mercy, so that then we can act mercifully toward each other as well.